0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app and greatest fantasy app in the world. So fired up to talk to my buddy Dr. Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter in a couple minutes. He is the best in the business when it comes to breaking down these injuries and what they mean moving forward. Do people even realize that Dak Prescott had a second surgery? Is Patrick Mahomes going to be affected by this toe thing for the rest of his career? There's a lot to get into. Is Matthew Stafford injury prone? What about J.J. Watt? Then you can ask the same question for teams looking to give him money right now while he's on the market. We'll get to Dr. Chow momentarily. It is a new week, which means I'm just giving out winners. I I I, I give out winners. Like Jameis Winston used to give out interceptions. You know what I mean? I got to spread the word winner via social media. At Ross Tucker NFL. At Ross Tucker Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just engage. Comment, like, love, reply. I don't care. Whatever it is, you do it. I notice. I'll sign a card or a picture of sign signed press pass. Whatever you want. Something cool, unique. None of your buddies have. Put it on eBay, maybe you'll get six bucks out of it. Good for you. Sponsor confirmation, email winner. Look, I love our sponsors. Brian loves our sponsors. We have them for a reason. We only take ones that we actually use and get value from because that way we feel comfortable pitching it to you guys and saying, look, this thing's awesome. We use it. So take advantage of it. And when you do, send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com. You get to go ahead... And be a part of the show. I guarantee to read and respond to your email question. And in addition, you will also potentially win one of these signed items. We'll do the YouTube shout-out. Cameo-style shout-out at the end of the week. I love it. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so I mentioned him. Briefly at the start, you can follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc, 17 years as a head team doctor, orthopedic surgeon for the L.A. Chargers. They were the San Diego Chargers then. (laughs) Now he's a sports medical analysis uh, analyst, obviously, giving real-time analysis. The key is ProFootballDoc.com. So follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. And then make sure you bookmark his website, profootballdoc.com, because this is the guy with the information. Dr. Chow, how are you? I'm doing good, Ross. How are you doing? And thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I just felt like with the franchise tag stuff going on right now, and then certainly with J.J. Watt being out there, And even the Trevor Lawrence thing, and there's just some things going on that have left me scratching my head a little bit, feeling like I need some Dr. Chow time. I need to sit on the couch and talk to Dr. Chow, find out what's going on. The first one, and I feel like nationally, they haven't talked that much about this. But Dak had a second surgery in December. And maybe you'll tell me, Dr. Chow, it's no big deal. But my spidey sense as a former player tells me that's not good. Like, I don't care what anybody says other than you. My my instincts tell me if a guy has a second surgery from after the first one with a bad injury like that, kind of raises my antenna a little bit. What's going on there?
1: Well, of course, I'm looking at it from the outside, right? So... I can spread some some insider knowledge but insider information would be a violation of HIPAA and I wouldn't be able to talk about it but from an insider knowledge perspective I can't think I think I can shed some light and to your first comment people think oh team physician you're there on Sundays in season and off season you're good to go no this is busy time of year normally everyone would be at the combines right now uh, or coming back from the combines and with a lot of data to analyze this year it's a different type of combine and what's gonna happen. But as far as Dak Prescott is concerned, the only surgery that's minor surgery is surgery that happens to someone else or to someone else's team. That's first off. Secondly, uh, like saying when a surgery is done that it was successful, that's like the minute you're done with the draft that we were successful, right? You only judge it over time in terms of true success. With that being said, You never want to see a second surgery. What has my spidey senses up a little bit about Dak Prescott is they've made a point of saying it's unrelated to the initial ankle injury. With an ankle fracture dislocation, it's not uncommon to put in screws or hardware and take them out a couple months later. But they're saying it's unrelated to the original injury, and it was some other minor old thing. That doesn't fully make sense to me. I will say that from his injury itself, he's going to miss the entire offseason program. He should be on track to play for the start of the season, and it shouldn't be a contractual issue for the Cowboys. But until we know what that second surgery was, there is some question mark. I'm still hopeful that he will make it. It would make more sense to me if you said it was a minor issue that was related to the initial injury they made a point of saying it's unrelated so we don't really know what it is exactly so i see why you're concerned uh but in the end i think he's still
0: going to make it you know dr chow it's so funny you say that that sounds worse to me like when they say it's unrelated to the first one that sounds worse like that sounds like he's got something chronic or he's got multiple issues there like I think they wanted to calm people down from, oh man, his major injury that he had. But that just sounds worse to me, that he had to have a second surgery on the same ankle that's unrelated. I agree. That's why if they would have
1: said, you know, it's taking hardware out, it's the second phase of a surgery that he had, I wouldn't have worried as much about it. Because they say it's unrelated, that makes me uh, wonder what it is. But you know, look, Dak is a mobile quarterback, okay? But he's not a cornerback. He's not a wide receiver, right? I mean, um, he does. If he loses five percent of his mobility, he's going to be eighteen times more mobile than some of the quarterbacks, like the just retired Philip Rivers. And <laughs> that's what I said about Tua Tagovailoa, right? I mean. Yeah, even if he's not a hundred percent, if he's ninety-five percent, he's still pretty mobile with that hip. So I don't have a huge issue with Dak Prescott. But yeah, I have my antennas up looking at what's happening there until we know the whole story, uh, before I'm completely confident.
0: I gotta be honest with you too, Dr. Chow. Uh the other thing that it would it, it conjures up in my head is it might make me a little more likely to use the one-year franchise tag again, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, just to see how he comes back from that major injury and a second surgery. I might tag him again. I I hear you there, but that's clearly
1: above my pay grade in terms of percentage of the cap, where's the cap gonna be, and, you know, long-term, how much you need to pay Dak. You know, I advised a lot on the health of athletes on whether you can sign him to a long-term contract, but I was never involved in the dollar signs uh, with it, so that would be above my pay grade. But I see your point.
0: So I got another one that doesn't make sense, Dr. Chow, and that is Trevor Lawrence, okay? We find out that he's got this, I think, torn labrum, you can correct me if I'm wrong, in his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, which doesn't surprise me, by the way, as much as they ran him at Clemson at times. Uh, which is why I think you could have he could have considered sitting out the whole year. It's a whole other story, but what I don't understand is why he waited a month to have this surgery, and why he waited a month and then threw for NFL teams. And we already know he's going to be the number one pick. I had always been told with my surgeries, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the more time you can put between the surgery and training camp or whenever you're trying to come back, the better. Why they would wait a month, I don't understand. Can you explain it to me?
1: Well, you know, there's always two sides to every story. And from my perspective, here's the reason why to wait, which is they wanted him to throw and they felt like they had time because it was a non-throwing shoulder injury that you could even play with a harness. And likely he's been playing at Clemson with that injury already. So they didn't feel the urgency, so to speak. But it's not a nothing injury. So you're right in terms of the recovery. Look, Mitch Trubisky missed time this season due to that injury. That's what opened the door. Remember when he came back and Nick Foles wasn't doing so well and he came back for one play and then was out again? he subluxed that same shoulder in a label tear on the non-throwing shoulder so that even that can cost time. And the good news, though, is for presumably Jacksonville Jaguar fans, it's actually not going to cost Trevor Lawrence very much time because there's not really going to be an off-season program. He's going to not be in the facility learning because of the pandemic. So – This surgery, it's not like he's missing reps as a result of pushing the surgery back. He's not going to miss any physical reps. Uh, He And mental reps, you can still take on Zoom with the left shoulder surgery. So anything that he has on that left side in terms of pushing back his return is mitigated by the pandemic
0: circumstances as well. I want to get to Patrick Mahomes as well, Dr. Chow. And I've probably told just before. One week, I I was at a Wednesday walkthrough. No injury suffered Sunday. Noticed nothing Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday walkthrough, I was starting, I think, at center for the Bills at the time. Every step I took on the Bills indoor practice facility, on the turf, every time I pushed off my right foot, I had a sharp pain and I thought I had like a stress fracture in my foot. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm du- like, I am in trouble." And I went in, and I realized I had turf toe. So for the rest of that season, uh, they put a steel whatever they call it, a steel insole in my shoe, and they taped it. And I was able to get through, but it was a pain, and and it was not uh, an easy injury. But I never, I never even missed a practice with it, right? The fact that Mah- and, and and here's the thing I always joke about. It's one of the few injuries that still affects me sometimes. Only two times, Doctor Chow, when I go snorkeling and I've got like those flipper things on, or um, or if I'm getting a massage, which I haven't done in a year, but and and I forget to tell the massage therapist to not manipulate my toes, like not you know not move my toes that much because I've forgotten a couple times. And they'll be like, give me a nice massage, and they'll go like that with my big toe. Be, ah! Like it, it's and it's crazy because I never even missed a practice. Yet it's still awesome. can,
1: can I make a proposal? Yeah. Can we put this clip into the urban dictionary as the very definition of first-world problems?
0: <laughs> Snorkeling and massages. <laughs> Yeah, I think that uh I think probably problem. can. But right. my point is, 20 years, you know, 15 years later, it still bothers me in some instances. And I never even missed a practice. Mahomes is having surgery on it. We know guys that it's really adversely affected their career. And I would think it's got to be pretty bad for him to be having it operated on. How I mean, how bad does it need to be to be operated on? And what is the percentage chance it affects him moving forward
1: well you could see in the playoffs it bothered him right i mean it was real and yet you know he still hit the yards uh in terms of rushing in the super bowl right i mean it he made it through probably with injections and whatever but over time what happens when it's a significant turf toe the little floating sesamoids the two little tiny floating kneecaps underneath your big toe start to retract And the the surgery was probably to repair that to prevent a long-term problem, which is good news. Look, once again, as mobile as Patrick Mahomes is, it's his mind and his arm that makes him the money, not his feet and his legs. Even though he's super mobile and he does very well there, it's as he's running, he's looking downfield that makes him the money and the decisions that he makes and the arm angles. So, yes, it could affect him some, but I've been saying this for a while. It is not a lock guarantee that he's ready for the start of the season. It's projected to be a six-month recovery. So, the Super Bowl was in February, so sometime in August into the training camp, which obviously Mahomes doesn't have to do training camp, but there's not a lot of room, right? There's not a lot of room. So, I'm not saying he won't be ready, but I'm saying it's not something that I would bet the house on that he would be ready. I'm well more confident that physically Trevor Lawrence from his left shoulder surgery will be ready than Patrick Mahomes from this turf toe injury will be ready. So that's just something to keep a close eye on. So it's not nothing. You are correct. And potentially long-term issues down the road especially he's so young and heck currently now quarterbacks played until they're 50 right I'm
0: just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um all right a couple guys I I think that there was a list came out of all of the injuries that Matthew Stafford I can't remember if it was in his career or just this past year that he suffered and I was not overly surprised and I'm guessing you weren't either I think people, like, if you actually looked at my medical records and they listed everything, it's a lot. Now, and But when you're playing, you don't, like, unless you miss time, you don't look at it as something. But a lot of it's documented. Heck, there's guys that have pretty significant injuries. They never even get, like, treatment on it. They never even tell the doctors about it. Yeah, and, and this
1: is, I think, the disconnect that fans have. Like, you know this, Ross, there's four or five athletic trainers or and a physical therapist on every team. There's three team physicians that travel to away games, and there's more at home. Do you really think all these people are taking care of four or five guys that are on the injury report? I mean, are, are, I know owners are wealthy, but they're not trying to give away money, okay? As you know, the training room before the game is busy, be it with taping, prophylactic stuff, medicine, injections, IVs, and other things. And I guarantee you, and I'm not saying that any team in the league is going awry of the rules, but there's a lot more being treated week to week, day to day, than what's on the injury report. And that's not against the rules. So Matthew Stafford's list of injuries doesn't surprise me one bit. First of all, we were aware of a bunch of them through ProFootballDoc.com, but it didn't get talked about in the media. And the ones that we weren't aware of, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, Philip Rivers, the closest thing to Matthew Stafford, right? Philip had the 240-some games. I guarantee you that he had a lot of additional injuries. For example, um, he's allowed me to say this with the Tyrod Taylor issue with the ribs, he had that rib injections multiple games for three or four different seasons, right? And doesn't always show up in the injury report because he's practicing and playing. And he's played through a lot of injuries. He just hasn't avoided them. And Matthew Stafford, I think is just as tough. I don't know Matthew, St- well, I've met him, but I don't know him medically at all. But from the outside looking in, I think he's as tough as Philip Rivers or in the, they're in the same old school category. And it doesn't surprise me that he's played through a bunch of things from the ulnar collateral ligament of the thumb and the elbow and the broken back on two different occasions and a whole bunch of different things. And I think there's some YouTube video where he just gets crushed and still somehow fights it off to stay in the game. He's as tough as they come.
0: He's old school. Would you be concerned about signing J.J. Watt? And maybe just tell me what the process is like. We got free agency coming up, okay? Well, how would it work? Would they say, hey, Doc, we're thinking about signing J.J. Watt. Here's here's his medical records, three back surgeries, whatever it is. And then you'd have to give a grade, right, about, about what the risk is there?
1: Yeah, and different teams do it differently. First of all, with electronic medical records, it's easier. If J.J. Watts gives permission to Green Bay or the Bills or a prospective team, they can get access to the Texans' records, right, and look at it. And uh, prior to electronic medical records, the GM might say, can you ask around? And you call the Texans doctor, Walt Lowe, and say, what do you think? Unofficially kind of deal. But even if he agrees to a contract, even if he agrees to sign, and the same goes if a team agrees to a trade, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, they both have to pass physicals before that trade is final. Even if J.J. Watt agrees, until there's a physical, that signing is not final. Remember the famous uh, case of um, Roger Saffold a couple years ago. He was with the St. Louis Rams, and the Raiders signed him quickly to a free agent contract, a large one, but then when they finally could examine him a couple days later, he was failed on the physical, and the signing didn't count. And he ended up back in St. Louis with the Rams on the quote, old maid theory, so to speak. And so that can and does happen. So any team can always hide a little bit of buyer's remorse in a failed physical, assuming that there's some actual issue there
0: uh, that is uh, uh, real. So the last thing I have to ask you about right now would be the combine or the combine would have just ended And we didn't have it. So what are the teams doing? Like, what would you be doing now as a a team orthopedic surgeon and physician? Well, in some ways, it's better
1: because you don't have Groundhog Day, you know, where you're looking at 330 athletes. In some ways, it's a lot harder. I actually wrote an OutKick uh, this last week, uh, our OutKick article detailing how the medical part of the combines will be handled. And I'll retweet that. Essentially, a lot of people, as you know, say, The medical exam is the most important part of the combine because you can do the interviews in other places and you can have the pro days and the workouts in other places. And a lot of times the top athletes don't even work out uh, on the field. But the physical, it's your one chance to get it all. And that's not happening. Uh, This did not happen this last few days. So in the past, it's been 330 athletes that gather in Indianapolis and the entire NFL gathers, and each team brings all their team physicians and all their athletic trainers and does the, quote, meat market, right? Poking, prodding, and the whole thing, and all 32 teams get to look at all 330 athletes. Well, the difference here now is none of that has happened, and each team has been assigned about 10 players regionally. So the Browns had probably 10 guys from Ohio State, but the Chargers and Rams probably had people from other places because there aren't 20 players in the LA area that that are going to need physicals. They each get about 10, and they do telemedicine virtual physicals, remote, get MRIs evaluated, talk to them remotely, and write a report. And the entire NFL will get to see that report. And then when there's the recheck combines, which is the traditionally in early April, six weeks after the regular combine, before the draft, obviously— The About 50 or so players that are coming off injury, coming off surgery, like Trevor Lawrence might be one of them because of the shoulder or someone coming off an ACL. They're invited back to a second trip to Indy in person to assess their progress over the last six weeks. This time, and that's usually witnessed by one team doctor and one athletic trainer. This time there will be 150 athletes there. The 50 or so that are, with rechecks and with issues. And the other 100 that are projected to be day one or two picks, rounds one, two, and three, 32 times three, right? So that's about 100, give or take. So there will be about 150 guys at the recheck combines, April 8th weekend, something like that. And that essentially will be the medical combine. So it'll be the top three rounds projected plus the 50 or so. And that's how they're going to handle it this year. A little bit different, quite a bit different.
0: You got to check him out on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc, as well as his outstanding website, profootballdoc.com. He is awesome. I've got a bunch of notes down. Highly valuable and insightful information. Thank you so much, Dr. Chow. Thank you. Anytime, Ross, for you. There he is, Dr. Chow. That was fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, by the way, it's kind of been nice for my wife and I to watch different shows. We've been watching different shows. We we have probably too many of the streaming services, considering I hardly ever watch TV during the fall other than football. But now we've been watching some stuff on Netflix. Here's what's cool, by the way, about ExpressVPN, which I've told you guys about before. Not only does it protect you if you travel a lot like I do, hotels, airports, whatever. But you can make your VPN whatever country you want to make it. And I didn't know this until a buddy of mine told me that he does it. And then obviously ExpressVPN told me as well, you can watch different shows on different countries. I'm trying to think right now we're watching um, Ozark. There's other shows we've been watching as well that you can get if you make your express if you make your VPN in like the UK or Japan or whatever, you can watch other ones as well. It's really, really cool. I you should try it. Here's the deal: stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. If you're paying for the streaming service, get your money's worth at expressvpn.com/slash tucker. Don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months free. Why not? Why not try it? See how you like it. That's R E S S VPN.com slash Tucker, expressvpn.com slash Tucker to
2: learn more. Tuck <gasps> takes. Hi, Ross. Well, let's start today with Russell Wilson. He's reportedly told the Seahawks that he doesn't want to be traded, but if he is, he'd like to be traded to one of four possible teams, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, or the Raiders.
0: This whole situation is just getting weirder and weirder, Brian. I mean, the tweet from Adam Schefter was, he hasn't asked for a trade. He wants to play for the Seahawks. But if the Seahawks want to trade him, these are the four teams he'd want to go to. Like, is that logical? Why, why would you? Why would someone tell Adam Schefter that he doesn't want to be traded? But if he does, it's these four teams. And by the way, the Bears—that's an interesting one that he would want to be traded to. I—I I am wondering how much of this is Russell Wilson's frustration with the Seahawks. And how much of this is he's realizing it's a great way to get his name out there, to be in the news, to have people talk about him? Because I, I certainly don't see him going anywhere.
2: Tuck Stakes. Denver Broncos released defensive lineman Drell Casey It saves close to $12 million.
0: Well, we're recording this late Sunday night, but it'll be a, a Monday show, March 1st. March 1st, man, March equals cap casualty time. We're about two weeks away from people being able to negotiate. Some of these teams are waiting to see just what the salary cap really is. But you're going to see a lot more of these. The Broncos have gotten ahead of it. We'll get to the Texans. They're getting ahead of it. A lot of other teams usually wait till the last second just in case something happens. They got somebody else gets injured or something, and they go, oh, no, we don't want to cut them down. We need that guy.
2: takes. Deshaun Watson met with Texans head coach David Culley, but he said he's still not going to play for the team.
0: Yeah, I think Dan Graziano had that report. He said it was Friday, so that's actually a week ago Friday. Um, So, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's been like 10 days since he told him that. I'm not surprised. People in, in Houston are finally calling for them to trade him. I think they're going to see what they can do over the next two weeks. They've gone out of their way to tell Ian Rappaport that they'll take this thing a long way and maybe never trade him. That's the same as saying they're going to trade them and that they'll trade them by the draft in my mind. I've gotten so good over the years at reading between the lines. They say, oh, we're going to wait a long time. That just means we're trying to keep our leverage, but we'll probably trade them by the draft.
2: Staying in Houston, the Texans released both lineman Nick Martin and running back Duke Johnson.
0: I'm a little surprised by the Nick Martin one. I mean, he's been to Sean Watson Center for four years. He's a good player. He started a lot of games. I, I can't say I quite understand that one. They obviously feel like they need to save money, and they don't think he's that great. They think they can get better. Interesting. I mean, look, that's another thing that probably won't make Deshaun Watson happy. People, quarterbacks are particular about their centers. Now you're going to get rid of his center? I mean, they're going out of their way to do things that I don't think he likes. Takes.
2: Linebacker, Dante Hightower, Safety, Patrick Chung, Lyman Marcus Cannon all returning to the Patriots from their opt-outs.
0: Supposedly all eight guys that opted out that will be back. Here's the thing, though. like These guys are all in their 30s. I don't know. how and, and they're all making a bunch of money. I don't know how eager the Patriots will be to bring them all back, to pay them all that money. You know, those guys did what they felt like was right, and I have no problem with that at all. But they also allowed other people to kind of take their jobs and show that, like on Wenu, the right tackle for the Patriots did a good job. Do they really need Marcus Cannon back? Some of these guys are gonna end up getting cut and and their decision cost them millions of dollars. Now, look, they did it for health reasons or whatever reasons they had. And again, I support that. But it's going to uh, be unfortunate, I think, for a bunch of them. Um, fortunately, we're going to have another football feedback. Our YouTube-only show soon Probably can take about two more entries so subscribe to the YouTube page youtube.com/ ross Tucker NFL and go ahead and hit me up with a comment and you got a great chance to be part of football feedback Shout outs go to Pizza Boy Brewing Sporticulture and vision comics with an X we have three awesome. I think we're done here, members of Patreon.com slash RT Media. We will have the College Draft Podcast Tuesday morning with Stephen Che, a buddy of mine, talking wide receivers and Emery Hunt, even money on Tuesday. Wednesday, surprise guest on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Get excited. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.